Danny, thank you for your worship. I love Danny Monroe and uh, just, just coming in this morning after kind of fighting the traffic to get here and just uh, just feeling Lord's presence like a fire in my chest just because there's an atmosphere of worship being prepared. I just so appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you for uh, Stephen as well and everyone who's playing. So good. So um, so like Brandon mentioned, my name is Hazen Stevens, and I've been on the staff with the House of Prayer over 10 years now. I graduated from college and came on staff there, and uh, it's totally an honor to get to be with you guys here. Uh, we think of the missions organizations that we partner with, so many of the folks that I've worked with, whether it's Jason Kerr or uh, Rachel Bullard, or it just seems like there's a lot of exchange between the House of Prayer and renew and so uh, so I have never been over here to the facility so it's a lot of fun to be here and see this place because I've heard so many good things about this place and the people who, who work here and so um, so it's a real honor to get to be with you guys here this morning I'm gonna try and be conscious of, of my time half till nine right and I want to do you guys want to do a little prayer at the end is that, is yeah. that okay thing so we'll pray together pray. we can pray together and then also David's going on a trip here we can pray for him too. okay wonderful all right, good. Let's open it in prayer. Father, we just center ourselves in your presence right now. And we thank you for the anointing that instructs our hearts and minds in Christ in, into who he is and what he's desiring. We yield this morning and this time to you. Uh, while I may be the one holding the microphone or, and speaking words, you're the one who's inspiring those words and anointing those words to bring life and truth and revelation to us. So as I share, would you teach, Holy Spirit? Would you make us aware of truths and mysteries uh, that we were not aware of prior to you engaging with us in this time? And we just acknowledge you as the one counselor, comforter, helper. And we ask for your help this morning. We ask for your help with the things that need to be done this week with uh, ministry assignments that need to be completed trips that will be taken and we just asking all those things that they would be fruitful uh, because we commend them into your care and we do them according to your leading so we commit this time to you we commit the people in this room to you and we say have your way holy spirit in us in jesus name amen so a lot of times when i uh, when i'm invited to speak to groups on prayer i always take there's kind of one basic message that i bring because it was so life transforming for me and that is the, the subject of apostolic prayers, which are really just the prayers that are recorded in the scripture. When I say apostolic prayers, maybe some of you are familiar with I Hop Atlanta or I Hop Kansas City. Is that a term that people in this room are familiar with? I'm just curious. Is, has anyone heard the phrase apostolic prayers? If you haven't, that's fine. But if you have, just raise your hand real quick. Okay, about half of you all. That's, that's great. So what I mean when I say apostolic prayers, I just handed it out to you. We, have these, we put these in the lobby. Okay, of our of our church at the House of Prayer to inform people that are coming into our prayer room if they're in an intercession set. Oftentimes we encourage people to pick one of these and to pray from it, okay? Because it gives us a common language for corporate intercession. If you guys have times that you do prayer here, I encourage you to begin to weave the apostolic prayers into your prayer time. And I'm going to give you a couple good reasons why here in a moment. But one of the foundational and very practical reasons is it gives Baptists, Presbyterians, Methodists, Charismatics, non-denominational, whosoever would come into our prayer room because we want our prayer room to be for people of all different, everybody that loves Jesus, that wants to come talk to Jesus, how, where can we find common language for prayer? And 
why not use the prayers of the Bible, right? The inspired prayers that were recorded by Paul and, you know, prayers that Jesus gave us, whether it was the Lord's Prayer or John 17. We have these different places where, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we have recorded prayers. And, you know, First John chapter 5, it says that if we pray anything according to His will, we know that He hears us, right? And so we know the prayers of, of Scripture are the will of God. They reveal the highest, I would dare say, the highest will of God for the church. And one of the things that's also amazing about the apostolic prayers that help us in the prayer culture at, at the House of Prayer is that they're all God-centered. Now there's, I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer meeting like this, maybe you've led a prayer meeting like this, I know I have, but you've been in a prayer meeting where they were just shouting at the devil the whole time. Maybe nobody's been in a prayer meeting like that. <laughs> but there's a prayer meeting where you, know, you, you shout at the devil the whole time, and I think there is an appropriate time to address the enemy and to rebuke the enemy, and we see Jesus did that in Scripture, so it's not to say we should never do that, but I find that prayer meetings that focus on who God is and what and listening to Him and praying back to Him, what He's told us to pray to Him, right? That God-centered spiritual warfare is one of the most effective ways to shift spiritual atmospheres because we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And so rather than focusing on the evil, we can focus on the exaltation of God's throne. And that's exactly where the apostolic prayers take us, is they center us on God's sovereign power over the nations and over, over the affairs of, of human life. And so the apostolic prayers, firstly, they give us common language. Secondly, they keep us God-centered. And then thirdly, as I, as I already alluded to, they reveal to us the will, the, the highest will of God. Okay. And so let's just look through a few of them, and I'll, I'll highlight a few of my favorite ones. And then I'm just going to land on one of them, and I'll just break down one of them to you. Because one of my favorite apostolic prayers, it's like I'm going to hand you a, a blank kingdom check today, okay? And you can pretty much fill in that check with as much as your faith will allow and cash that thing in. So that's good news. Um, Ephesians 1.17, this is one of our favorite prayers in the, in the house of prayer. The Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us. And so just starting right right there, you see immediately the language is very lofty, right? And it's like, what in the world is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? And I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation even to understand this prayer. Like, please, Lord, help me. And so what I would encourage you is to not be intimidated by the loftiness of the language that makes it kind of like a tough nut to crack, you know? But to actually take some of these and pick one that feels maybe highlighted to you by the Holy Spirit and put it in front of you, put it in the dashboard of your car, put it in the, you know, in your in your mirror in your bathroom, or put it on a, a flip card on your phone, whatever it is that, that you do to put the scripture in front of you, and to pray these little phrases until you get understanding. Just a little insight on Ephesians 117. Um, the rich the hope of his calling, I believe all these phrases actually pertain to the resurrection, um, the actual ultimate resurrection. So the hope over and over again, the, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of eternal life. That's a phrase that's commonly used in Scripture. So the hope of Christ's calling in us is that we would be ultimately conformed to His image, right? The riches of the glory of His inheritance is actually a, a perfected bride, resurrected, perfected bride. And, um, and then exceeding greatness of His power, goes on to say the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So I think all these three phrases, Paul's actually praying for the church in Ephesus that they would have res a revelation of resurrection life uh, that they would understand that we're not going to be um, 
with fat babies with harps on clouds, <laughs> but there's going to be a real bodily resurrection. And when you begin to to get revelation of of resurrection power, everything in your life changes. Um, I can remember the Holy Spirit giving me insight. I think it was in answer to this prayer. He said, everyone else in the world, the worst day of their life, that's not Christians, the worst day of their life is the day they die. Because they go to eternal separation. And it is, it is the day that every human being is resisting, fleeing from, fearing. For you as a Christian, it's the best day of your life. Because it's the day you enter into your promotion. Yeah. Right? I mean, think of, like, that's, that's what Paul said when he said in 1 Corinthians, death has no sting. Like, there is no, there should be no fear of death in the life of the believer. So, that's all good in theory, right? But when faced with challenging circumstances, you guys know because the people you work with, some, in some cases in the nations that they're in, they're, they're facing death because of what they, what they believe. And so when you get the revelation of the hope of his calling, you're never going to die. Ultimately, like who you are as a person has continuity with eternity, and you're going to look like you. We're going to see each other, and we're going to. I don't know if I'll be 30 or 50, or I don't know exactly what age I'll be, but I'm going to be recognizable to you in eternity. I'll be a lot brighter, but I'm going to be me, right? Hopefully brighter, but I'm going to be me in eternity, and that's that's real, and I will have relationship with. Hopefully, the people that are closest to me that also have a relationship with Christ, and even though we're going to only know each other for a moment in this life, you know, comparably, those in this room that love Jesus, we're going to go on forever together, right? Doesn't that make the little offenses of life way less significant? When you think about, like, this person that I'm struggling with relationally, and that's where the hope of his calling becomes totally relevant to how you live your daily life. And this lofty language comes down into our interpersonal relationship because something changes about how I relate to you when I realize, it, how many of you know you fight different with family, right? Yeah. Because you know, you can be more honest with them because you know there's no way out of this. <laughs> you're my mom, you're my dad, you're my brother, you're my sister, and no matter how, nothing's going to change that, right? Because we're blood-related. We are blood-related in Christ, and we're going to be together forever. And that is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe that we're never going to die. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to rule and reign with Christ forever. And so that's what Paul's praying for. And that is that we cannot underestimate when, the, when light hits the eyes of our heart and we begin to perceive eternity and what Christ has purchased for us in eternity. You know, as the words of the old hymn go, the things of this world that grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious face, right? And we begin to perceive Christ and his name and, and the kingdom that he's preparing for us. That becomes the reward of this life. And we aren't trying to store up earthly riches anymore. We're not trying to add one inch to our stature because we recognize this life. This life is, is fading in comparison to that which is coming forth, that's being brought forth. And I want to invest in that eternal name too. Amen. 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 All right, good. We'll just go through each of these one by one. We have a couple hours, right? That's what... <laughs> Okay, a little pastor humor there. Um, I did. I preached at a church recently. This is so funny. And there was a clock on the back of the wall, and, and so I'm paying attention to the clock, and I'm just continually thinking, 
I've got 15 minutes because I'm just preaching, preaching, preaching. And it's one of the clocks with a hand, so it's not digital. And I realized that about 45 minutes in, that clock has not moved. <laughs> and I just thought, I didn't look carefully at it, and I thought the whole time I like had a few more minutes. And I was like, what time is it? That clock is not moving. <laughs> anyway, that was like five minutes over already. So at least could have realized it. But you have a digital clock. You guys are high tech. <laughs> so, so we will be on time. Um, so yeah, just again, and I'll tell you what I, I, t I told you what I was going to tell you, I told you, now I'm going to tell you what I told you. Um, this idea that it gives us, you know, God-centered language, it gives us a common language, and it gives us the highest will for the church. When you see Ephesians 1.17, you see how those, getting a, a revelation on that lofty language and bringing that prayer, Holy Spirit, and even just a phrase of it, give me wisdom and revelation, and lighten the eyes of my heart so I can know the hope that I have in you. Yeah. You know, that's a, a paraphrase. But getting that language down so you understand what you're asking for. Because when Paul uh, wrote this prayer and I was studying it and preaching some on it, and I realized he had specific things in mind when he said the hope of his calling, the riches, the glory of his inheritance, the exceeding greatness of his power. He, he was praying different aspects, I think, of the same, that same glorious diamond of eternal life and resurrection. He's, he's praying different sides, uh, different facets of that same reality, but he prayed it with specificity. He didn't just pick this lofty language so that you know we would be confused by him 2,000 years later, or that the church in Ephesus would think, well, Paul's really smart, right? What, what, what was the reason that he picked these three? And so when I pray them, what, is the, what, am I, what am I really asking for when I ask for the hope of his calling, right? And you know, for an example, just taking that phrase again, how many of you know that life can be discouraging sometimes? You know, uh, the political climate, or your relational climate, or the economy, or your job circumstances, or your boss. Well, probably not your boss. But they can cause you to feel discouraged at different times, right? And so, and so when, but when we go, okay, what is the hope of the calling of Christ in my life? And I'm going to live centered on that. Again, these secondary callings that are easy to lose hope in, job, economy, family, whatever, they, they become subservient to the higher calling of the calling that I have in Christ. And when I have revelation of the calling that I have in Christ, it's like, God is for me, who can be against me? What can I do? Who can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ? Not height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor nothing in all creation can separate me from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. Amen? And it's like, it's one thing, we know, many of us probably could quote that verse, we know it intellectually, but to have revelation of the hope that that can impart to a person's life. I mean, if we understood these things, you wouldn't be able to wipe the smile off our face. It would be like, almost like we begin to have joy in all tribulation because we realize, you know, that these trials that are perfecting our faith and making us mature in Christ. We start to, those verses would start to, to actually apply in our lives in a different way than just knowing them and hoping that it worked out, you know, like, I want to have joy in, in the midst of trial, and when you have the hope of His calling in your life. So, yeah, and we really could take time to go through each one of these, but I, I would just challenge you, encourage you guys to explore them on your own. Ephesians three sixteen is another just really powerful one. It's a prayer for the revelation of the love of God. I know but who here needs more of the revelation of the love of God in their life. And I'll just highlight one aspect of it: to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? 
right? It's not intellectually ascertained. It's understood by the spirit of revelation. It's understood when, you know, like, uh, like John Wesley said, you know, my heart was strangely warmed. It's the impartation of the love of God to someone who perhaps has intellectually acknowledged the truth of the gospel and what we see the love of God in, in the cross, right? But to have that love imparted to us, uh, Romans 5, 5, poured out upon us by the Holy Spirit and to be filled with that love. And so you have a verse right there that is a blank check regarding the love of God. It's a prayer that Paul told the church at Ephesus to pray. Pray that you would know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. Pray for that. And it's like, you take that verse up. Do you know, I have a friend, we, we teach MPD at our, our, and we kind of came up with this phrase because we study the Bible a lot in our partner development process because we go, there is no greater confidence than biblical confidence. And I just begin to apply that truth in so many other places and go, man, there's no greater assurance, confidence, courage than we can have than to know that the Word of God promises us something and to ask on the basis of God's Word. And so it's one thing for the preacher to stand up and say, we should ask for the love of God. It's another thing for the inspired Word of God to speak to us and say, no, ask for the love of God. Like, ask for the love that passes on, the, the love that is beyond knowing. Ask God that you would know that. So good. So now I want to get to just the final one. Uh, let's see, where is it? And there's, and uh, one, I'll hit one last thing, and if you're, if you want to scribble this in the margin of your in the margin of your apostolic prayer, whatever there's there's kind of three themes if you break these down and you study them. And this is just straight from Mike Bickle, and you can get a lot more uh, notes from him on the apostolic prayers. But he says that the the, the apostolic prayers kind of center around three three themes: wisdom, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So if you read through these, they basically in different ways are asking for wisdom or revelation. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love of God being an example of that, or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have Acts 4.29, which is, God stretch out your hand to heal the signs and wonders we've done in the name of your Holy Spirit of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.5, uh, that you would be enriched in every spiritual gift and all that utterance and knowledge. So these are a few examples of where we see the gifts being asked for, the fruit being asked for, and wisdom being asked for. But if you even want to simplify it more profoundly than that, if you have the fruit, if you have the gifts, and you have the wisdom, what do you have? It's the person of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Essentially, all the apostolic prayers can be are are asking for different dimensions of the person of the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives. So Pretty awesome. Yeah, makes prayer really simple. Come, Holy Spirit, <laughs> give us all your fruit, all your gifts, all your wisdom. You know, so good. All right, last few minutes, and then we're going to pray. Um, go to First Corinthians one nine and. I told you I was going to give you a blank check. This will give you wealth, health, and everything else. Just kidding. But it will. It, it is a profound prayer. And if you capture this prayer in your life, how many people want their life to be directed by the will of God? Right? It's like, Lord, show me your will. You didn't even realize you were praying an apostolic prayer when you prayed that. Okay, Colossians 1.9. We do not cease to pray for you. If, Paul, if there's something that Paul says, I, I constantly pray this for you, that's probably a pretty good Pretty good one to add to your prayer list, right? And ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, first bullet point, there's probably four or five bullet points on here. First bullet point, pray to know God's will. Pray to know God's will. And when you're filled with the knowledge of His will, 
you're going to have a worthy walk. You're going to walk worthy of the Lord. Do you know that there are a lot of uh, elements within the church that lack revelation, uh, a revelation, a clear revelation of God's will concerning certain aspects of our sexuality, how families should work, finances, and where there's an absence of the will of God, there's a lack of a worthy walk. Okay. But he's going to pray that, I'm constantly praying for you, that you would know what God wants, and that by knowing God, what God wants, you would be positioned to do what is worthy of him. And that in being that, how many of us want to be fully pleasing to God? I want to fully please God. And Paul goes, you can pray that your life, what better prayer to pray than that my life and my ministry and my family, because I'm filled with the knowledge of God's will and I'm walking worthy of him, would be fully pleasing. Hallelujah. I want to be fully pleasing to him. Being fruitful in every good work. Who wants to be fruitful in their ministry? What an awesome thing to pray. I think about praying this prayer, and I go, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to share with a, a, a Bible study group, or I'm going to share with Renew, you know, with their with their morning devotions, and I'm thinking, I could speak, and ten people could be impacted, but if I ask God, just because I ask Him, make me more fruitful, He might have 15 or 20 people impacted. He might add that supernatural grace that is beyond my human ability, and make me more fruitful just because I ask. Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will, wisdom, and spiritual understanding. We walk worthy of you. Be fully pleasing towards you. Being fruitful in every good work. And if you have that combination, guess what? As you walk with God, you're going to be filled with the knowledge of Him. You're not just going to know what He wants. By beginning with knowing what He wants, by beginning with knowing His will, you're actually moving from knowing His will to knowing Him. Do you see that transition there? That you would increase in the knowledge of God. Right? He goes, I'm going to start out praying for you to know his will, but as you know, know his will, walk in his will, walk worthy of him, bear fruit, guess what? You're going to have a more intimate knowledge of who God is. And then you're going to be strengthened with all might. Now this last part is not, um, we tend to think of things like, okay, the meat of it's done, and this is just the addendum. But actually, this is just as important as the first half, if you think of this prayer being broken into two sections. First section is, know God's will and do it. Second section is, strength to persevere in God's will. Right? So he goes, I'm praying for you to be filled with the knowledge of his will, wisdom, spiritual understanding, walk worthy of him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then he goes, and now I'm going to pray that we strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. He's going, I'm praying for you that not only would you know the game plan, but you'd be able to get out there and execute the game plan. And you'd be able to do it all the days of the rest of your life. Right? That you'd be strengthened with might. Because guess what? When you have revelation of God's will, it actually takes power to walk in it. It's not enough for me just to know that it's God's will to heal. I may know that, but I need dunamis power on the inside to actually manifest that healing power amongst the sick. So it's not enough for us just to know it's God's will to have... Um, you know, uh, demons cast out. We know. We know that it's God's will that demonic powers would be shifted, but it actually takes a strengthening with power in our inner man to actually pray and intercede and manifest the kingdom of God in a way that actually displaces those demons, right? So, strengthen with might according to his glorious power for all uh, long-suffering and joy, and that's the idea of perseverance 
and, uh, and that it takes perseverance to do the will of God. All patience, long suffering, with joy. How many of you know that in that last little that last little phrase, with joy? How many of you know that if you knew the will of God, if you walked in the will of God, and you're strengthened with His power to do His will, you're gonna have a pretty joyful life. Yeah. Amen. So I jokingly said, you know, this is a blank check to wealth, health, and everything else, but it really is. It really is this amazing blank check today. If if you will take this prayer to God and say, God. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. There's going to be moments in your life when you have a, a fork in the road. Sure. And one way is going to be God's highest will, and one's going to be the good that's the enemy of the best, right? And what I believe is, as I pray this, what I, why I pray this in faith, is I believe in those, in those critical moments of my life that God is going to give me both the insight and the courage to choose the highest way, even if it's the hardest. Because he's going to give me strength to, and I, and I don't want to settle for less than God's best. There are people that are living, I believe they're saved, but they're settling for less than God's best in their lives. There's not an aggressive lean in their lives into the will of God because it's costly to live that way. It's costly to take up your cross and die daily to what you want in order to live abandoned to what God wants. But if you pray these prayers, you're going to have a revelation of how do I choose the fork in the road that is God's highest will? And then when that road is narrow and difficult, how do I have strength to actually persevere? And I'll leave you just with this last idea. He, he closes this prayer by just in a very, in a very um, succinct way defining our identity in such a way that we would have courage to ask for this radical thing. Right? Giving thanks to the Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. And I'll just close in saying this, that when you are securing your identity in Christ, you, that is the most powerful place that, that you can be as an intercessor. Right? Why can I come boldly and ask for the fullness of God's will and the knowledge of God's will and then strength to do His will? Because I'm a partaker of His eternal inheritance. I'm a son in the light. Right? And that's the way. I'm, I'm living as a son in the light. And so that's just one apostolic prayer. And that's probably enough to chew on, you know, for a month or months to come. I've taken a couple years and chewed on that one, right? But you can see, when I pray this prayer, I'm going to pray it for you guys and for this ministry in a moment. There is a faith that engages out of the place of revelation for the release of God's kingdom. And so I would just challenge you, encourage you that take these prayers, let them go deep into your heart, let them become the language of your times of intercession, because when you pray from a place rooted in your identity, pray the word of God back to God, uh, it releases his it releases his kingdom in a remarkable way. So good, let's pray again. If you don't mind, you guys will just stand up together. Father, I thank you for renewed ministry. I thank you for the uh, grace even that was felt today. I thank you for the sense of revelation, the open heavens. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak during this time and we sense that you have spoken. You've spoken to people's hearts in this room. Uh, you've brought conviction and clarity, and we appreciate that, God. We appreciate that, God. We acknowledge you in that. And I bring this glorious prayer, penned by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and given as a gift to us today for this ministry. Lord, I pray for a renewed ministry. I pray for each and every person in this room. Lord, fill them, even right now, with the knowledge of your will, with wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they would walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, bearing fruit in every good work. Lord, we ask for the fruitfulness of this ministry to multiply even because we ask. Lord, where there were things that were going to be done this week that would have borne, borne fruit uh, 
you know, 60 and 80 times, Lord, I ask, let it be a hundredfold yes, return. Yes, Lord. Just because we're asking. God, you are the one who take, has the capacity to take us from addition to multiplication. And we humble ourselves. We acknowledge your sovereignty in that. And we ask you, God, to do it. And in all of this, Lord, we want to increase in knowing you. We want the knowledge of God to go forth throughout the earth. Where we pray, Father, that it would be given to us in our hearts. And I pray, Father, as you reveal your will to this ministry, these leaders, to the individuals in this room. I pray God strengthen them with power right now. Even where people face choices in their families and in their, in their ministry assignments, where they know what you want, but they don't feel the courage or power to move forward in it, we humble ourselves and ask for the impartation of grace. Power to be, a power, dunamis power, Lord, miracle, dynamic power, dynamite power on the inside to manifest the kingdom of God, to drive out demons, to heal the sick, wisdom to solve problems, uh, wisdom to gain provision. God, release that anointing on the inside, God. Release it in a measure that drives perseverance. And release a great joy. Hallelujah. It is our delight, it is our joy yes. to do your will. You. I pray the anointing of the oil of gladness on this ministry yes. as they persevere to do your will. Yes. I sense there are going to be moments for this ministry where you stand on one side of the Red Sea and you go, we know God's promised land for us is on the other side of this ocean. And we can't get across unless God parts it. And maybe even a sense of temptation to, um, to question God's leadership when you find yourself standing in front of an ocean. When there's an ocean between you and, and God's promises. And go, did God really lead us here? And I just want to just challenge you to not doubt God's power and ability to bring you through. Because the Israelites, they saw the waters parted before them, they walked across on dry land, and those same waters closed in upon their enemies. And lastly, we thank you, God, that you've qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Show us what it means that we're yours, I just invite you to just as a, uh, a sign of just acknowledging, receiving. I just want to close in praying this. Just put a, put a hand on your heart right now. Father, root my heart in the identity that I'm a son or a daughter with an inheritance. God, break off that poverty mentality that says that we are disenfranchised, that we have no father, that we have no that, that worldly mentality that says we're orphans without an inheritance. I thank you that, that we have an eternal, glorious, preserved, perfected inheritance, God, and that we are your sons, we are your daughters. And I pray just right now the impartation of that identity of sonship, that identity, Lord, that we are your children. Let's go forth through this week with that firmly rooted in our lives in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.
Thank you guys, this is fun. Excellent. Uh, there you go.